Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. The uh, the story that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to get it on the air last weekend and uh, we weren't able to, but our good friend Raymond Hall, former Air Canada captain, and he's a lawyer, was kind enough to say that he would come back this weekend and join us to talk about this story. It's been getting a lot of attention, uh, and and that is the story about uh, the efforts to continue to rebuild the image, or really build the image, rebuild the image of the Boeing 737 MAX and MAX 9 passenger jets after fatal crashes involving Lion Air and Ethiopian Airlines planes minutes after takeoff. So will the 737 MAX and MAX 9 planes be recertified, and as importantly, will passengers return and will air crews fly and work the planes? There's uh, uh, a union of flight attendants, I was reading, who've said that they will not get on those planes again ever. Captain Hall joins us. Raymond, thank you very much for the time. And uh, if the planes are recertified, and if you were still a captain uh, with, with Air Canada, would you fly one? I'd be first in line, right? So explain that to us. For people who, are, who would say... I'm really nervous about if if I have a ticket and I or if I find out that they're putting me on one of these planes, even if it's recertified, I'm not getting on. Well, we've been through a couple of these uh, scenarios before where aviation uh, safety has really come into focus before the public. The first one was the transition from uh, from uh, propellers to jets. There were many many accidents after that initial transition, and they found out that the uh, pilots that were flying the new jets had not been sufficiently trained to uh, deal with the issue of getting the engines to spool up. Spool up, in other words, get enough power uh, for thrust once you put the uh, propel uh, the throttles forward. The jet engines t- take about eight, eight seconds to spool up, and uh, the, the pilots were used to propeller aircraft where you could just put throttles forward and get immediate thrust out of them. Then we went through the problem with the 9-11, where people really became conscious of flight safety and were very nervous to fly again. And it took several months after uh, 9-11 for people to regain their confidence and, and, and to believe that the skies were safe again. So I foresee the same sort of thing here. People will be hesitant. But I, I rest on the fact that this aircraft now, after these accidents and the certification investigations of so many governments and organizations is probably the most studied uh, and resolved problem in the history of aviation. There has been so much focus on this as a result of these horrific crashes and the underlying problems with Boeing and with the FAA that that process has been just studied to death and thoroughly resolved both uh, within the management structures of the manufacturers and in the simulation uh, and technical advisors to the to the FAA, as well as with the airline people. You have no, uh, there's no doubt in your mind that they're going to get recertified. The uh, FAA has a number of groups involved in it right now. There's a, uh, a group that was formed after the second accident called the Joint Operations Evaluation uh, or e- Evolution Board that includes the FAA, Europe, Brazil, and Canada. 
and they are looking at uh, coming out to a joint uh, agreement on exactly what is required after the FAA says that it's safe. The FAA has already uh, done an independent review. They've had an independent committee made up of uh, safety experts that have gone through the software changes that have been implemented so far, and they have actually said that the aircraft is safe and, and compliant with the regulations now. So the next process is, is further testing, uh, and the FAA says, as, as of a couple of weeks ago, that they fully expect the uh, certification to be completed by the end of this year. So then we're looking at a couple of months of training. The airlines, including Air Canada, have put off uh, putting the aircraft back into its schedule. Southwest and uh, American have now said that they're going to uh, plan the aircraft into their schedule on March 6th and March 5th, uh, respectively. Air Canada has indicated, along with the other airlines, uh, that they spend, they expect to spend the first couple of months after the certification is granted training pilots and flying the airplane pretty well empty to reassure the pilots and, and everybody else in the industry that the, the problems that they uh, encountered with the software and with the aircraft itself uh, have been completely resolved. Now, if I understand it correctly, that software, that MCAS system, um, was designed and used without incident over a decade ago on a different aircraft. That's correct. Boeing originally designed it for military freighter aircraft, which was a 767 modified to carry fuel, uh, to, uh, to refuel uh, the jet fighters uh, in flight over uh, foreign countries. And uh, the design of that freighter was quite similar to the design of the 737 in the sense that they had to put additional fuel pods in it in forward of the wing, and that changed the flight characteristics that potentially caused this problem of having the aircraft pitch up very steeply, uh, depending on the, the flight circumstances. And so they in- implemented the um, management control augmentation system on that aircraft, but with distinct differences. There were three particular characteristics of that system where they never had, uh, that resulted in absolutely no uh, incidents following the the design of the system and implementation of it. First was that the uh, system provided a limited limited control input so that the pilots could override it if necessary. Second, it relied on more than one sensors and there was a comparator between the sensors so that if there was a fault, you would know that the fault, you could disengage it very quickly. And thirdly, the amount of pitch down was very, very limited in terms of the effect of it, and the pilots were advised of the system prior to its implementation. All three of those characteristics were avoided in the design of the MAX 8. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> I mean, it caused, I mean, that, arguably, and I, I'm being facetious, but arguably that cost lives. It, it, it did, it, there's absolutely no question that had all of those three uh, there's no question in my mind, anyway, had all of those three characteristics been implemented in this uh, system here on the MAX 8, that they would not have had uh, any accidents whatsoever. If the sensors had failed, the pilots would have recognized if, it, if the instrumentation was uh, provided with a, a comparative alert on the uh, screens in the flight deck, if the control inputs were limited. There was one other uh, aspect of it as well. The implementation of that augmentation control system on the freighter aircraft was only allowed to be uh, used once. The technology allowed it only to be used once. It didn't repeat itself. 
So any of those characteristics, probably any one of the three would have been able to avoid these accidents. All three oh. of them together missing uh, resulted in these accidents. And, and so the logical question is, why? Why does exactly. Boeing do that? What, why would they pr- compromise? They knew what they were doing, no accidents whatsoever. How could they design the system without, the, without those safety precautions in place? Yes, yes. Now, before we go, uh, you're, you've been involved this week with a charitable effort and uh, you've done it for a number of years. You have to tell us about what it's about. I, I find okay. it fascinating. Go ahead. Uh, Roy, this is one of the greatest feelings of uh, personal satisfaction that I've ever had. Uh, there are hundreds of charitable organizations in the world, and, and I became involved with uh, the Air Canada Foundation's Dream Take Flight operation uh, over 15 years ago. Uh, that program is 100% funded by volunteers of Air Canada. The fundraising goes 100% to the operation of uh, taking uh, children, special needs children, from various locations, eight locations in Canada, from Vancouver to Halifax, for a day in either Disneyland or Disney World. We pick up the kids in the morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, fly them to the, the park, fly them to Los Angeles or Orlando, drive them out in the bus to the park, spend the whole day with them in the park, and then take them back to the airport and get them home by midnight to their, <laughs> to their respective destinations. What a great and, day. And it is an absolutely fantastic day. We took 160 children from Calgary this past week. Now, originally, when uh, I became involved with it, I actually operated the flight as the captain on the 767 for two years. Then when I transitioned to the other aircraft, the 777, they asked me to come back and, and assist on the ground. So they send about 60 people ahead uh the day ahead down to los angeles mm-hmm. or to orlando and and keep them overnight there in hotels meet the kids at the airport take them out to the park spend the whole day with them there's at least two adults for every child and it's, it's an absolutely fantastic experience well that's just tremendous that's tremendous and it's called dreams take flight dreams, dreams take, flight. take flight what a great initiative thank you so much for joining us captain hall always a pleasure how many to- how many hours did you have in the cockpit I had 20,000 when I retired. My God. <laughs> and I get nervous when the plane's still on the ground. <laughs> and every one of them was enjoyable. A couple of minor incidents, but uh, nothing that uh, was not trained in the simulator. It was an absolutely fantastic career. And well, I, I isn't truly, that great? Really miss it. Isn't that great? Raymond, thanks for the time. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Roy. Raymond okay. Hall, former captain with Air Canada. He's also a lawyer. Dreams Take Flight is the name of that uh, charitable effort. I think it's fantastic. Taking kids off to uh, Disney for for a day and flying them out in a plane. Bring them home. How do you get them up at 4 o'clock in the morning? How do you do that? If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.